It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's articles of news. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving yesterday. I hope that you are pleasantly surprised to see that there is news the day after Thanksgiving and you're like, oh my gosh, do they ever take a rest? The answer is no, they do not. It is a news episode with me, myself. My name is Richie. I host this thing. Uh, Almost 650 episodes is what I've done for you. Do you like what you have heard? Become a Patreon state, patreon.com forward slash that culture hall. And I'm joined uh, by Annette Luthy Lyon. Great to have you here. Great to be here. You look, uh, you look, you look, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, careful. No, <laughs> you look careful. That's the word I was looking no. for. No, you look, uh, you look, um, what's the, uh, the term I'm looking for? Not like at, at peace. You look, um, not peaceful. Serene. Serene. It it looks like life is going well for you right now, and you look put together and calm, and like th- this is the height of the season of your life where you're like, sure, things could be better, but also I've, I've got a pretty pretty darn good. That's that, what that's, you exude for me. Or, I'll take or, it. I'll take today. it. Okay. Yeah, I'll take. That's not not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, feverishly working on some deadlines for books. I would anticipate anything that we need to know about. Uh, well, no deadlines at this point. I'm working on my next suspense still. So I'm trying to, the challenge for me is I actually do better with deadlines mm-hmm. and I don't have one on this. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of get myself. Get it so to I... me by Valentine's day or I don't want to read it. Okay, done. We'll do that. Actually, <laughs> I, I saw the video you posted uh, a few days ago of, how you put off chores and yeah. the last I'm like, Oh, relatable. That's actually yeah. somewhat of an ADHD thing. I don't know if you've ever been diagnosed, not, not officially, but it is a hundred percent what I live in. Yeah. So uh, putting things off the last minute, cause that's actually when your brain goes, Oh crap. Now I have to, and then it helps you focus. And when you have this tiny little, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, I have to create artificial deadlines. Like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this one thing. Or my daughter's call- on her mission. She's calling in 20 minutes, quick, hurry, draft, hundred words or you know whatever so that's that's an adhd that's, thing all that oh yeah yeah that's awesome oh, i yeah. am i am a thousand percent that. you you totally yeah with adhd you have and i didn't know until i was like almost 40 and my son was diagnosed and i'm like holy crap this is me guys yeah um but yeah you, you find coping things and that's very much one of them is creating a way for for your brain to focus and some of yeah. that is creating creating anxiety so you can focus which is yeah but yeah. yeah, isn't that great? I'll tell you what though. So I've had two really big deadlines. One is an audiobook that I have been reading and another is just some um like invoicing before the end of the the fiscal year, the 2022 that I have to do for tax purposes. And the amount I have been able to get done because I don't want to do either of those things is unreal. Mhm. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I have raked my backyard leaves at least five times because, oh, it has to be done. And oh, then yeah. I'm going to go and, and read a chapter of this book and uh, the video that you were referencing. I, I live in a house that has been around for 75 years. I'm not sure that underneath the front deck has ever been cleaned out. So, uh, of course, you're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> instead of... <laughs> Uh, oh yeah see this uh, is why the, the pandemic screwed up with my creativity and my writing so bad because i 
I, my brain knows if I'm home, even though I have a home office right here, mm-hmm. oftentimes there are too many little things like that. Like, oh, you know, I should probably just load the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. I need to switch the laundry. Oh, I, I should make this phone call. But if I pack up my computer and I can go to a library or, you know, like a cafe or something, mm-hmm. my brain's like, oh, time to work. And then I can focus. Pandemic, I couldn't do that. I was yeah. stuck here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, so that sucked. I'm learning so much about myself. So let me ask you this then about this ADHD anxiety. Yeah. Brain. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, so, so do you, and maybe uh, this is just a hack that I've evolved. Do you do the thing where, and as I sit here, I literally have this where you have the pen and the pad of paper. And if you really like absolutely have to get something done, you are doing the thing. And then on that pad of paper, you write down the bajillion things that come to your mind that you should be doing otherwise. And so then you get exhausted pushing through whatever the thing is that you're supposed to do. And then immediately you're like, I do have to brine the turkey. I do have to, you know, uh, find a stocking that will fit a dog bone. I do have to like all the things that came to your mind when you absolutely had to be focused. Do you do that Mm -hmm. as well? Well, uh, there. (laughs) <laughs> I look as she shows me a pen of uh, a pad of paper. A pen, and a pen. And I, I have my favorite pen, and mm-hmm. yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's and not, and not only that, but there's something also about things you le- legitimately have to remember, and then you'll sit there and completely forget it 30 seconds later. Um, because ADHD people have like this, like the RAM of a computer, you have less working memory, uh-huh. so you have like say four slots, and other people have ten, and so you'll have you have to, you know. If you write it down, it's like a, whether it's a number or a little quick thing you have to see, say or do or whatever. If you just jot it down, then you can free up that mem- that um, working memory again because otherwise that's, you'll forget. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, it kind of, it's yeah. You learn all these little all these things. I look back on and go, oh, that was part of ADHD too. <laughs> so 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 yeah. So then, in a question that that is no one's business, but I want to ask you. Have you then since been diagnosed and do you mm-hmm. take medication and find a difference with it? Yes. And yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've I've been on medication for, I want to say maybe eight years or so, something like that. Um, and literally, so I, you know, the, the medication that works best for me is not generic yet. And, and it's way too expensive for me to, to do out of pocket. Insurance won't cover it. They did for about a year and it worked so much better than yeah. the other stuff, but I had to go back to the other thing. Um, although weirdly brand name works better than generic so straight on Adderall go figure I mm-hmm. didn't know that was even possible but um but yeah the first day I was on medication um I remember walking into the kitchen to do something and I, to this day I don't remember what it was I could have been you know get a drink of water I have no idea but I walked in and just did the thing and then just stood there and thought oh my gosh is this what it's like for normal people <laughs> And I sat at the kitchen table and burst into tears because it, there was it took no effort. I could, I walked in and just did the thing. And I rather than getting distracted by four things on the way and then going back to my office and not doing it, having to go back again. And you know, I actually have a TikTok right now that I put up a couple of weeks ago about this very thing. Well, going into my office four times before I remembered to get the glasses I went there for. <laughs> you know, it's just like so. Yeah, medication. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, interesting. If you need it. Which is, and it's frustrating. There's actually a supply issue in Utah because there's too many people trying to abuse it. Yeah. So those of us who need it are having a hard time getting it, which Well, and it, and, and then further the comment that you made about where it's like, hey, this product that works really good for me. Oh, it's too costly that I can't be able to afford this thing. Thanks. Thanks, healthcare. Thanks. 
Exactly. It sucks. So, uh, yeah. so I got to tell you this real quick. This relates uh, before we get into the news. And we've got a lot of news. Yeah, we've got that story. And we got the other one, too. And, oh, several. And, that one, and, too. And that ooh, got the uh, text message the other day from the uh, stake executive secretary. Uh oh. It said, Hey, stake president, would like to meet with you. And I, and I said, Because I'm this guy. Why? <laughs> and they, it, and did the he tell you? No, the executive secretary said, He can meet on Tuesday at 7, 7 30 or 8. Which time would you like to meet? And I was like, I mean, I feel like there's still an unanswered question here, which I said. Uh, but uh, I'll take eight o'clock. So um, I'm this is very tangential. Let me go quickly. I in my new ward, I am called uh, not only to teach the 12 to 14 year olds, which I haven't done, but I'm finally set apart for. Um, but then uh, also I am called to the holiday party committee, which I'm not able to attend because I have a gig that night but I'm on of the committee, course. whatever I went. And I, I, I bring this up only to say this, the lady in charge of our holiday party is a boss. She is. Nice. She, well, I came into the meeting and she had an agenda. And when I, if you can believe it, tried to go off the agenda, she would stop immediately and say, that is not a point on at this part of the agenda. Let's stick with where we're at. And if we have time at the end, we'll come back to what you're talking about. And though I was like, that's a little bit maybe terse or abrasive, mad respect for we did this, then we did this, we've assigned this, who's taking this, and we're able to get through that's it. That's awesome. So, Super My cool question, party. though, did, did you did you write down on the agenda the thing you wanted to bring up? Because otherwise you would have forgotten it. With yes, your, with your a thousand percent I did. <laughs> And and That's most exactly, of them were just yeah. jokes that I wanted to make at the particular time. But because she had set the boundaries for it, I was like, okay, so when you said this, I wanted to make this joke. And they're like, are are all the things that you wanted to bring up just jokes about part of the meeting? I said, not all of them, but most. So then I left that and I went to my meeting with the stake president who, new ward, new stake, don't know him. When I see him, he says, Richie. And he looks very familiar to me, but mm. I, you know, he says, go ahead and have a seat. And I'm, and I'm looking at him and you know, that thing where you see someone maybe out of context or like, you know, you know, someone and you're just going, and please don't let this person ask me where I know this person from. And you wish you had your personal IMDB for yeah. your life to look them yeah. up. To, yes. Yeah. Where do I know this person yeah. from? Yeah. So uh, my oh, yeah. president used to be the CEO of energy solutions, not the arena, but the waste, the nuclear waste management. Mm. Uh, out in forever uh, West Utah. And uh, I spent an entire afternoon with him one time. We had lunch and he showed me everything out of energy solutions and how they treat the the waste. And I got to wear a big hazmat suit and get the hazmat shower where they rinse everything. I mean, the whole thing. So I had the opportunity to meet him that way. And I was like, oh yeah, that was like a decade or so ago. He's like, yeah, glad to have you here in the world. So we chat. Uh, as it turns out, um, it was just for a temple recommend. I had done the ward level temple recommend and I had not seen it through to the stake level. And he's like, yeah, we know that you had done the ward. Let's finish it up and get you a temple recommend huh. and be done. So we did that. But we had 30 minutes uh, as part of our time together. And 27 minutes were spent with me just going, and you know what else we should do? And then the final three minutes were... Uh, <laughs> 
the actual temple recommend questions. Oh wow. Um, so he is a patient and blessed soul. But but highlights. So in my particular ward house, there is this long, stark hallway that goes, it essentially goes the length of the gym. So mm-hmm. full court, you know, but there, but the way that this building is is built, there's windows on one side, but it's only a hallway, and then there's just the wall on the other side. And it's just like white hospital wall hallway. Definitely not something built in the last 20 years. Yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> at least, it's at least 50 years. Yeah. At least. In fact, I think my grandparents like helped pay for it. Right. Like it's that yeah, kind of, back in the, yeah. uh, but there's no, no paintings on the wall. And I said, can we like, can, can we get, uh, like a, a Jesus painting in that hallway or like, can we do an activity where everyone in the stake gets to put paint on their hands and like put it on the wall down the hallway? Cause it, it's just, it's just, it's horrible. Right. Like, yeah. because you could feasibly go in our church building and walk that hallway because it connects everything they need. And you never see Jesus in the building at all and be like, or have any clue. It's a religious building. Yeah, exactly. At all. Yeah. And, and so, uh, that particular comment, made the old chalkboard in his uh, office. I gave him others. Nice. None of the other ones made the, uh, made the board, but that one. It made the made board of one. Yeah. That's I'm actually impressed that they called you in for the temple recommend though. I, I've never heard that happening on like the stakes. Like, Oh, we see that you already did that. Come on in. Yeah. That's kind of, I will also say that when the, when he comes to the executive secretary came to you and said, do you want to meet with the stake president? The obvious answer is no, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, I would I, I, do I want to? No. Will I? Yes. Well, yeah. and the other thing, and then uh, uh, if there's anything that you want to share, we should get to it and then get to news. But uh, the thing that was also stark as I was talking to the SIG president, 40% of my ward has gone inactive since COVID. Wow. We had 160 people that attended regularly before COVID, and we're barely over 100, like 103. Wow. And, uh, and I anticipate probably that that's uh, something that they're seeing at a stake level where I'm at. And so my guess is they're just like, listen, if someone is, if someone has done any of this, let's, let's get them, you know, let's get them here. Let's do what we can. And so Makes sense. I, I was disheartened to hear that statistic, but yeah, but, but glad to uh, know that I know my stake president. <laughs> and have figured out how you know yeah. him too. Yeah. 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 That's a good guy. That's, that's good stuff. That's yep. what, what about for you? Anything? Uh, well, let's see. The biggest thing that happened recently is we hosted a family dinner for my dad's 86th birthday. Happy birthday, dad. So that was fun. Um, yeah, so I, I, it was really, it was actually, it was so great because we had basically everybody who's local. We have some grandkids that are, you know, in New York and elsewhere and whatnot, but anyone who was in Utah was here. And it's the first time I think since the pandemic that we Mm. had that many, from my side of the family all together, even great grandkids and that kind wow. of thing. It was great. And then once everybody left, um, my brother and his wife stayed and we just chatted for hours, which doesn't happen. You know, it's anyway, and he's seven years my senior. So as kids, you know, he was just the big brother who terrified me. And, you know, so <laughs> now that we're more like peers and it was, it's great to talk and just chat. And that was, that was good. And then I just have to avoid things like dad talking about how well both my parents made it to 85. I guess I can anytime now. I'm like, dad, stop. Just, mm. yeah. Yeah, you know, I've not mentioned that before, but he's just, yeah, he's. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the whole aging thing or the no. idea of, of possibly losing him. 
So it's yeah. that that really kind of sucks. But yeah, it was good having the family together. It's been a long, long time. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And that's sweet to take that moment to be with your family, right? Yeah. You don't get those back. You can no. take the opportunity or not take the opportunity, but you won't get that often get that chance again. Uh all right. Well, that's somber. Let's take a break real quick. <laughs> when we come back, I don't know that it's gonna get any better. We're gonna do actual articles of news. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative Creative, affordable design. Let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. BestDJinUtah.com is a website that you need to go to if you would like to party with me. Now, just because it says Utah as part of the URL does not mean that it has to be in the state of Utah. I've traveled to such illustrious places as Wyoming, Nevada, Texas, Washington, and others, Idaho as well. If uh, if you're having an event and you think, you know what, I would love the energy, the charisma that is Richie uh, to be able to bless the event. I don't know why I said bless. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Maybe you, you yourself are getting married or has been the case multiple times this year. You are the apparent not a parent, just the parent, uh, or one of the parents, because there's multiple parents. I'm getting distracted. You are one of the parents of the bride or groom, and you think, Richie would be great to be at this event. You can hit me up, bestdjinutah.com. Be sure that you mentioned uh, that you hear it on the cultural hall. I may, in fact, even get you a little bit of a discount. Who knows? We'll see how I feel that day. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan, the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at pclaptops.com. pclaptops.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual articles of news. You can't lose articles of news. Hit it, Peter. And away we go. Ooh. So the story that uh, a lot of people are talking about, I'm sure, is um, Madison LaCroix and Brett Randall getting married in Mexico. Did you follow this? No. <laughs> Not remotely where I thought you were going. No, I know. I know. But I figured we should maybe start. So there's a, a TV show. I think it's on the Bravo Network, I want to say, uh, called Southern Charm. And uh, Madison LaCroix is her name, uh, is seen in Mexico uh, sharing vows with her new husband, Brett Randall, which you're thinking, who cares? And I would echo that statement only to say that uh, Brett, that is her new husband member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His level of activity, I don't know that we necessarily know, but uh, anytime that the church is brought up, it pings our news fetchers. And, uh, and, he, and he, you know, he looks like a, a handsome, young gentleman in the church, tan suit and all on the beaches of Mexico. He'll be a stepfather. Way to go, Brett. Get married uh, on on the beach to a woman from a TV show. Woohoo! That's where... That's where everybody wanted to start. How about uh, <laughs> how 
how, how about uh, other uh, stories that you didn't think would be the start of this? Like Elder Gong, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, met with the vice president of uh, Panama the other day, Jose Gabriel Carrizo. Um, there's a great picture of the gift that El- Elder Gong gave the vice president, gave him um, a small Christus statue. Um, they discussed humanitarian projects, the importance of caring for and strengthening Panamanian youth, uh, helping them in their intellectual, emotional, and spiritual development. Uh, he gave and showed him the new For the Strength of Youth pamphlet, um, not because the vice president is a youth, but just to, to share about how we care about our youth. I thought that was particularly interesting. You don't hear much about anyone um, besides the the prophet really meeting with uh, the church leaders in this kind of official capacity. So cool to see that Elder Gong is doing that. And you don't hear much about Panama. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing worth bringing up. Uh, what else might you have? So I have an I have a wedding as well. Okay. Um, so on Halloween, the Today Show, of course, always has a big, huge theme where everybody has very elaborate costumes and whatnot. Um, they had a Las Vegas theme this time okay. around. Okay. Willie, Willie Geist dressed up as Elvis. Okay. And as part of it, he married two former returned missionaries. Oh, get out. So yeah, there's these two missionaries. I mean, they don't—they didn't say they're Latter-day Saints, but they showed pictures of themselves on their missions, and there's a tag, and it's like obviously You're like, these are members of the Church of Jesus yeah. Christ of Latter-day Saints. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. So um, they actually were both serving in um, abroad in different missions, and then because of the pandemic, of course, they were brought back to the states, and they were both assigned then I think to Colorado, it said, mm-hmm. and so they met in Colorado um, on their reassigning in 2020. Um, and now they're getting married. And so, um, so yeah, Willie Geist as dressed as Elvis performed the ceremony. Nice. So there's a whole video of it. It's really kind of cute. Uh, and I appreciate that we didn't bring up the, because I feel like we're getting better about this, the shaming of like, why wouldn't they get married in the temple? Well, and the thing I, is, I've, I've watched the Today Show doing what, cool weddings in the past, and I thought, oh, that's kind of sad that no one member of our church could do that because they would be like, oh, but the temple. and But now they can. They can get sealed next week or yeah. t- tomorrow, whatever. It's great. Do you, th- so. do you think that that attitude is changing a bunch, or do you feel like people are still like the, the ceremony, it's important that the ceremony be in the temple? Or do you feel like we're opting to be like, man, public ceremony, private ceiling? I've I think I think attitudes are definitely shifting. I'm I'm this is watching you know you know um my most recent kid who got married that's a year and a half ago. Um she actually wanted to have a civil ceremony first mm-hmm. just quietly she and her husband and her now husband actually went down to Moab. We weren't invited. Hmm. <laughs> and his best friend performed the marriage and then um literally like two or three days later we had the, the ceiling and hmm. the whole family was invited to that. So um, and just seeing you know, the way she talks, she's in the wedding industry like you are. And so she does, I mean, she sees a lot of um, weddings. I, I get the impression from her that that's not at all unusual at this point. I, yeah, so. I sort of like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and and to say that I, it's not to say that I like that people are deciding to get married out of the temple and just sealed in the temple. Like, I like that people are just allowed the choice. They can still yeah. have whatever they thought their wedding would look like or what they wanted it to be and the opportunity and, to have that you yeah, know, sealed well, and in the heavens another, for time and all eternity. One thing that I thought was fascinating too, this is um this, the same daughter went back in her high school days. She had a dance teacher um, who got married civilly. And this is before the policy change. But for her, it was 
that's being sealed is a huge step. And I don't know that I'm ready for that. I don't know that I'm mm-hmm. ready. To, I'm, I'm ready to say yes for this life. I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit for eternity yet. Sure. And she, she risked people just judging her for not being, you know, morally, you know, whatever, you know, um, to be able to get a temple recommend. And that wasn't the case at all. She just was like, no, I don't want to do that yet. And I was like, wow, that takes a lot of fortitude in a culture where we assume that you're not worthy if you're not going in the temple but she took the temple so seriously that she decided not to do it yet i think i think they're sealed now but she just felt like she needed a little more time i'm like good for her that's cool yeah i really appreciate that i wonder if as a partner if i'm like yeah i'm ready for the temple if my partner was like i don't know i wonder if i would take that as a slight I don't, and I, I since i don't know her personally sure. i don't know if, if possibly some of it was she wasn't ready for the temple endowment yet which uh, i think would also okay. be valid i don't know for sure yeah, people holding off because they're like, I'm not sure about garments yet, or I haven't gained mm-hmm. the testimony of it. I appreciate that we're able to uh, to really look at that in a way that goes, okay, I, w- I want to choose this Options. in the way that, you know, yeah. that, that works for me. And, and that we make it so that people can choose to do it in the way that, that works for them. It's not so, it has to be this way, it has to be this way, it has to be this way. What uh, What other news stories might you have? So, uh, this, this one's, it's, it's, oh gosh, you want to go, oh, Utah, bless your heart. Um, so, so there were some texts that were leaked between, that happened between St. George, um, city council members. Um, there was a oh, whole no. big thing about, there's, I can't remember whether it's, I have to look, read, look at it again, but there's a, a TV show that, um, deals with drag queens and they, they were going to film an episode in St. George. And there are a lot of people that were like, oh, we can't allow that because they have, you know, they're believing it's going to be just disgusting and grooming and who knows what else. But the city manager was like, you guys, they, they're following all the proper procedures, this and that and the other. It's a public park. We need to let this happen. And if we want to make sure that they know that they can't have adult content for doing it publicly and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, anyway, some of the texts were leaked and the city then was like, hey, um, city manager, if you don't sue us, here's a bunch of money. Here's the golden parachute for you to quit. So he resigned uh, um, rather than sue the city over being fired or whatever. It's kind of a sad mm. situation. He stood up for the law and what was right. And people were just like, oh, my gosh, drag queens, gag, freaked out. So he was paid $625,000 to keep him from suing the city for breach of contract. Hmm. So anyway, it's this whole, oh, God, anyway, it's just, you want to go, whatever. Okay. The show was called We're Here. It's okay. HBO's drag show. Anyway, As in a We're Here, We're Queer deal with it kind I of thing suppose. maybe yeah so the episode was filmed in st george on june 3rd has not yet aired but okay. um but yeah hmm. and i'm sure that was a very much you know latter-day saint people freaking out over things they don't need to freak out over so um they're following the law yeah but can we change the law okay, okay guys, well maybe guys. next year but right yeah. now yeah but not right now <laughs> it's legal uh, yeah. uh there was a survey that was done um asking what people knew about members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in uh, some of the most popular misconceptions uh, make me chuckle. Some of them don't make me chuckle. And I think, well, that's, I don't know that that's a misconception, uh, but I'm going to share six of them. This was put out and several different news feeds kind of picked up on it and made their own list. It's a and... list. We haven't had a list in a while. Uh, six misconceptions about the LDS church that we need is what this is called. Number one, they're not allowed to dance. 
I didn't realize that um, that that was a misconception about LDS people. Um, this particular article references uh, the bit from Cheers. If you've ever seen the old TV show Cheers, where they're talking about how Mormons can't send flowers. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's That's like, "Wow, well, I know, I know they can't dance." Uh, anyway, um, they reference that, but I didn't realize that um, that the conception is is that we're not allowed to dance. I wonder if that's somehow connected to the Footloose movie. Yeah, that was the only thing that I could think of. But I don't know that everyone picks up on that as far as Utah or that it was filmed in Utah or anything like that. Uh, Number two, the misconception is that they're all hardcore conservatives. Um, Contrary to popular belief, LDS members are free thinking individuals. Some are conservative, sure. um, But there are other folks that have different uh, political and religious viewpoints. So I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of hardcore conservatives within the church. There are, yes. Um, the number three, it says, is that they despise coffee, which I thought was an interesting take for a lot of people. That's to, an odd uh, word. Yeah. that uh, They thought that we just had a personal issue with it. It didn't necessarily connect it, that we that we feel that it is a God-given um, sort of um, direction to abstain from coffee, but that just we had a personal vengeance towards so weird. Uh, coffee i thought that was kind of uh, curious uh, uh number four is that they're cultists um oh wow and i always love the uh, discussion of cultists so we'll just go ahead and move on from that uh number five they're all friends with donny osmond which i thought was kind of an interesting uh thing here's what i would say uh similar to how you run kevin bacon through circles like the six degrees of kevin bacon mm-hmm. seven degrees of kevin bacon i think that there very much is a oh like four degrees of donny osmond i was gonna say but it's not six yeah, yeah. four is yeah. probably more yeah. yeah oh for sure yeah he was in my ward that my this that you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh and then the last one is that they're still polygamists a lot of people still feel that uh members of the church are in fact uh, oh, yeah. Still practicing polygamy, the mainstream LDS church. And obviously we know that not to be the case. I thought that was an interesting kind of list that made its circuit uh, around. Uh, what else might you have? So I know in the vein of talking about how cultural attitudes have changed, this is a good one. And I don't, and I, I checked the, the website. I'm pretty sure you have not interviewed this person yet, but um, so there's a, a return to missionary at BYU who began a, a club at BYU for missionaries who have returned early for various reasons. Oh, it's cool. called the Mission Inclusivity Club. I know you've, had, you've talked to some people who've done created things, but I wasn't sure about this one. So I looked it up and no. That's so, great. There's a whole club for it. Was, yeah. And they, they do Zoom meetings and in-person meetings. Now there's a BYU-Idaho um, chapter. Um, but it's Lane Gibbons who began it. Um, and she's just saying they needed a, a safe space to talk about their experiences because whether it's a mental health thing or a physical health or whatever the situation is, um, she says she wanted the club members to know that it's okay to be transparent about the struggles of a mission. Every reason for a struggle is valid and important, you know, because it's just, I mean, it, missions are, are not hard. They're hard. And yeah, I think they're actually harder now than they were, you know, in the, the 80s and 90s because now the bar is raised more as expected in some ways because mm-hmm. back then it was like oh missionaries are just being stupid that's a dumb thing that they did ha 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 you know mm-hmm. and now it's like you know god's army no we're the seals we're gonna make sure we do you know <laughs> and it's like whooping them into shape to the point of like you suck if you don't do this many baptisms and you're like okay but that's not something i have control over someone that's that's a, one of my beefs like my daughter on her mission right now is hearing that kind of thing like you're having really to this, this many baptisms and i'm like she goes but I, I can't control someone else's agency. Sure. 
Sure. So I was like, yeah, your goal is to be thinking something you personally can do. Like I can talk to this many people. I can, you know, or, you know what that kind of thing. I can go out and knock on the X many sure. doors. I can hang out this many copies of the Book of Mormon or whatever. But you can't decide on someone else's behalf. That I don't know. I, yeah, it's, so anyway. it's, a, it's an interesting thing for me when we start to get into that, because it, to me, it's really how um, the church is influenced by business and or business leaders. And a lot of people that are able to serve as mission presidents or leaders of stakes and, and areas are those that have business experience. And, and one of the mm-hmm. ways that you judge whether or not that business is successful is KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. Are we this? Is this number this? Are we doing this? And 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 while to your point, I think it's like, did you knock a hundred doors? You can control whether you knocked a hundred doors. I don't know that that's the most effective. That's not the point of this discussion. But you can control if you knocked a hundred doors, if you spent twenty hours finding new people, if you read scriptures for a certain amount of time, if you sought out blank amount of members of your ward. But I, uh, you know, when it comes down to the agency of people, it seems awfully missing the point to be like, yeah, how, was it one third of the hosts or one fourth? I yeah, I need it, you to come back. We need to not lose more than a fourth. Uh, this un, one third is not acceptable. Mm. Yeah, I I struggle, especially because I, th- I think back to you know when we were in Finland, our our home teacher, who's our home teacher the entire three years we were there one of the strongest members of the church I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, I believe seven or eight kids at the time, which in Europe is insane. You know, like we had four in my family and they're like, don't your parents know what causes babies? I mean, like <laughs> in Utah, four is nothing, you know, but like, so he had this math of like wad of kids. And, sure. um, but anyway, but, but for him, it took seven years of missionaries. Wow. So bless those missionaries because every single one of them made a difference leading up to the point where he finally made that commitment. But yeah. you can't judge, yeah, you can't judge success based on the back. Like I said, in business, it's easy to do to say, well, the more, you know, the more doors you knock, whatever, chances are other numbers will go up too. But that, this is a spiritual thing and that's not, the, uh, so I actually saw another little tangent here that I think is relevant. Please. A good friend of mine, uh, he served his mission on, um, I think it was mid nineties on, um, partially on the Navajo reservation. Okay. And he was saying that, um, his first mission president was very much about baptisms. How many, how many are you getting? And, you know, very pushing the baptism number. And he said, the problem with that is that literally for centuries, native Americans have learned say yes to the white man and eventually he'll go away. Mm-hmm. So they had so many members of record hundreds, but almost sure. no one was active. So he's like, I, I hated going out there and trying to get more baptisms, but I'm not, that's not going to help anyone. That's not changing lives. That's not bringing anyone to Christ. That's what, that's not what I'm here for. So he got uh, halfway through his mission. His second mission president came in and shifted the focus entirely. And that mission president's focus was let's find the lost sheep. And so I he said, that. yeah, second half of my mission, I did not baptize anyone, but I was actually making a difference because I was helping people come to Christ. And I was like, there you go. That that right there, that is a successful mission if that is your goal and your focus. It is mm-hmm. not how many people got in the water. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think maybe some people would argue what that, you know, you could determine how many people got in the water could determine whether or not it was successful. I just think like. Just like loving people and maybe. Maybe there is a place where like the the number is so significant and that makes sense. 
but also like in my in my ward you know with that percentage loss like to me i feel like just this neighborhood it's community it's not about trying to teach anybody the gospel we're a group of people who don't even know who each other is and i'm not talking about even members of the church just like who are you where do you live my name is richie great to meet you is is the missing thing that i really feel compelled yeah. about this particular area so i don't the hard thing is we you know we talk about this all the time that we we want it to be a checklist because checklists are easy when we when we are told hey make it personal and find out what god would have for you we go yeah 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 can you just tell me what god would have for me and i'll do that and they're like well, he give me a no, list <laughs> yeah yeah well can he can god hook me up with a list no that's not how it works what are we okay like that's the law of moses guys yeah. remember like you know, we're back we're past that nobody too soon okay um all right well uh we should pause real quick um before i do this next story and let you know that um brother kyle and mr mayor are both still alive uh obviously those that uh have followed the cultural hall for a long time know brother kyle uh, diagnosed with als an aggressive form of als um he is enjoying um the holidays and uh his condition continues to deteriorate but he loves everyone and wants that message to be shared with everyone um most recently mr mayor uh, underwent a, a gastro sleeve uh surgery and um as near as uh just yesterday when i spoke to him everything is great he is looking forward to eating solid solid foods again at some point in his life but the surgery they said went well. He's doing well and recovering and is happy about the success of that. Um, I bring that up because he's called dibs on um, this next story, and I'm not going to going to allow him to have dibs on it. Um, so if, if you want to get dibs on a story, friend, come back and do the news. Otherwise, you don't get a pick. <laughs> Uh, the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square is going to soon include non-U.S. singers as they have um, most recently changed the focus of the Tabernacle Choir. Uh, it's most famously known as America's Choir. It's changed its focus to um, to be throughout the world both in written now they want to be the world's choir and inspires people throughout the world that's a, a wording change in their mission um to also at general conference they are going to have people from mexico central america south america west africa the philippines and other asian countries sing with the choir as early as this coming general conference so i would assume these are people that also still have to audition are given the music and are able to somehow be kind of lumped in and have rehearsals with this and then will find their place in the stands with the choir as part of this upcoming general conference. And I think that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I was wondering how that was going to work. So it's probably not a like weekly concert yeah. membership no. thing, Nope. but that is seriously cool. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you have to be present for yeah, move to Utah alas, but oh, that is seriously awesome. That's going to well, be and, way cool. And technically, I think you could live in Wyoming because you had to be a hundred miles within Salt Lake, and so I think you could technically part of Wyoming, maybe. Yeah, like the yeah, very corner, Idaho like Evanston, just a too far. 
Like maybe you could be like uh, Wendover, Utah. Like maybe that maybe. might just be a little bit out. But uh, yeah, you'd be it had to be within a hundred miles before. Not anymore. Not cool. anymore. And I think that's awesome. So sorry that I stole that story from you. Um, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Sorry, zero percent sorry. As a matter of fact, uh, what other stories might you have? Well, we had. Um, let's see. So Mary Lithgow Bradford. She is known as a poet and a writer and the third editor of Dialogue, which is a, um, a magazine. Um, it's called a, a Journal of Mormon Thought. She was the first editor of Dialogue, served from 76 to 82. She passed away recently. Mm. So she had, um, she spent, you know, most of her time as nine plus decades with a pen, typewriter or computer in hand, working with and through words. So she's just, there's a, some some great um tributes to her online including from eugene england and peggy fletcher stack and a bunch of others just honoring her and the work that she's done and worth pointing out that eugene england probably left those comments before he passed because he is yes oh yeah yes 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 yeah this could they're like how did he how did he that was amazing about passing well he knew so it was yeah quotes from him yeah and well and yeah apparently um let's see uh, let's see. Um, apparently, she visited him as he was dying. Actually, hmm. so there's a quote from her about him saying she climbed. So this is the um, um, she climbed beside him on the bed, hugged him, and kissed his head, and then she whispered to him, "My eternal brother, my eternal brother." Oh. And then he replied saying, "I love you, eternal sister." Isn't that oh. sweet? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So anyway, very very sweet and sad of her passing, but she was in her nineties, so. You know. Good long life. Good long um, life. Which you never want to dismiss, right? I mean, you were talking no, about the it's, it's, uneasiness yeah. of it's no, of having it, just your... that it's not not a huge surprise. It's sad, but it's yeah. not a not a shock. Yeah. So I have a an older neighbor. He turns eighty seven at the end of this year. Uh, it's the guy that lives just in the north of me, and he's a member of church. We were talking yesterday as he was not helping me while I was in my yard, but was more than willing to talk to me. I always think that's funny. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> But we're talking about it, and he's like, you know, and he's he's so funny because he he is the salt of the earth kind of guy. You can tell he does not swear very often, but but he made a point two times in the conversation to say, you know, my mom always used to say, well, I was growing up, it's hell getting old, and you know what? She's right. It's hell getting old, and uh, and he reflected to me that like like at a point you, you you just don't win and what he what i'm what he meant by this was like if you're the really healthy person that continues to live and you get life and you you know you live into your 90s you have the heartache of all of the people that you loved that died before you you know your spouse the the people that are nearest to you you have to deal with that and if you're one of the first to go you go, oh, well, why, you know, what, what did I do that made it so my body wasn't able to last? And now I'm going to miss out on all these things. And so he, he was very um, poignant to say, and you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. And so it was very funny. It reminded me of kind of when my dad used to swear as a kid, I was like, dad, it feels like you don't even know how to use these words, but I appreciate that you're being like (laughs) cool with me right now and say these things. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's cute. A, a good long life, but it's a thing where you just go, yeah. I mean, that's part of a part of living is dying, but that just sort of seems cold. 
I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, this worth a quick mention, uh, Melinda Gates, new boyfriend, uh, John Dupree is his name. He's a former member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints met his first wife who, uh, apparently they did not get along very well. And he wrote about it in his memoir in a, uh, in a tumultuous, we will say relationship. His name's John Dupree. He's dating Melinda Gates used to be a member of the church, met his first wife at, uh, the Brigham Young university where he studied. Uh, as best as I can tell, John Dupree, no longer an active member of the church, uh, but now dating Melinda Gates, the soon to be divorced Melinda Gates. Um, other kind of quick stories, the uh, the uh, Light the World Christmas initiative uh, is back. It's hashtag Light the World. Um, you can go to lighttheworld.org, churchofjesuschrist.org forward slash come unto Christ if you want to do that, or you can text the word light, that's L-I-G-H-T, to the number 71234 if you want to receive daily encouragement and inspiration to show Christ-like kindness to one person every day for Christmas. It's from the 1st of uh, December until Christmas, and it gives you sort of different prompts um, to think about it. There's also a new video um, for this year's Light the World uh, campaign, so you can check that out. I think that the text is the way to go. It reminds you every day, hey, think about doing this today. And then sharing that on social media is a great way for people to go, what is this light the world? And it may lead to a conversation of, hey, what? Are you, I didn't know that you uh, you did the Mormon thing. What's that? Be able to share your faith or, or elements of your faith that make you happy. Um, also, uh, and this is kind of cool. You can see this on, I think it's on Instagram videos. Uh, you can see Paul Rudd and Eric Stone Street. Um, Andy Reid, among others, these are all Kansas City folks talking about the giving machine that is there in Kansas City. Uh, this one of those, you know, big red giving machines like we had in Salt Lake, like we still have in Salt Lake, uh, but now they are going to more and more places, as we talked about in the last articles of news. Uh, the folks in Kansas City really love it because the football team is uh, the big red and the machine is the big red. So it's a natural tie in. Uh, for people to be like, hey, it's a big red machine. It's the big red, you know, Kansas City giving machine. Go give a goat to someone that you'll never meet. I haven't done awesome. that yet. You can do it online too. You can do virtual stuff, but I don't think it's as cool. Like it's as cool in like the long run, like you're helping people and that's just as cool. But there's something I think very satisfying. I haven't done it, like I said, but I think I'm going to, uh, about like hitting D4 and watching a goat drop into the like, there's something yep. about that that seems exciting. It's a visceral, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, what say you? What else do you have? So this is, I'm not going to go into tons of detail here. You can just a quick one off. But there is a, a an article in the Deseret News that was uh, basically a, a short history of um, Women's Exponent, which is the Relief hmm. Society published the new, this newspaper prior to the Relief Society magazine, which is no longer in existence either. Um, but it's a fascinating look on just the history of the Women's Exponent and how it came about, who were the, what was its purpose, the kinds of things it covered, everything from women's suffrage and politics to culture and economy and all, I mean, all kinds of things you wouldn't think necessarily that it would cover, but it did. And then some of the women who were, you know, editors of it and whatnot. So it's a fascinating, just quick overview history that came out. It was a, it's November 14th. So it's a, it's a new article, but it's essentially the history of the Women's Exponent. And you can stuff. find that in a link in the show notes. Uh, I'll also say, um, 
if there are lots of people I'm sure that have never even heard of the exponent, what it is, what it, you know, what it does, uh, who is, has worked with it. So it's, it's worth the kind of getting to know it more. Um, I think that we have put off the very obvious articles that we should be talking about, uh, (laughs) uh, long enough. Um, I always struggle. It's funny as a, as a person who puts a show together, I never know, like if it's more appropriate that we that we just get them out right at the start of the gate and then and then um, and then do other, you know, these sort of lighter things at the beginning. Or if the better thing is to be like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff. And then at the end, uh, have it be a, a little bit heavy, a, a little bit more. Um, well, I don't know, adult themed or whatever the things may be. Uh, I would be curious to people's feedback. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Do you like it if we do the the biggest stories at the first or do you like it if we save them toward the end and give them more time? What say you? Contact at theculturalhall.com. Uh, so this, uh, we'll, we'll kind of start here. Uh, the church made in a statement, an official statement on the United States Congress Respect for Marriage Act. Um, This surprised a lot of folks, felt like it was a complete reversal um, from the Prop 8 of the late 2000s. Um, Their statement is, the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related to marriage between a man and a woman is well known and will remain unchanged. We are grateful for the continuing efforts of those who work to ensure the Respect for Marriage Act includes appropriate religious freedom protections while respecting the law and preserving the rights of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. We believe this approach is the way forward. As we work together to preserve the principles and practices of religious freedom together with the rights of LGBTQ individuals, much can be accomplished to heal relationships and foster greater understanding. And that probably of the last like week, I would say half of the articles that gets sent my way for you know, the news fetchers, that's, it was some variation on LDS church says this about that, uh, for you, like what, when you hear that, does that seem in line with what we've been doing? Are you, are you shocked about that? Where, where do you come in on that? I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I feel like it's hard, hard to know how to phrase things well, extemporaneously, but sure. I feel like there is a lot we can do that hasn't been done mm-hmm. for that community. I think that there is revelation yet to come that I don't know if we've, if our leaders have been asking the questions to get that revelation. Sure. Um, I think it's a good thing overall because we've, there's so much hurt and damage that other things and other policies have caused. So I think this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of things that stuck out to to me about that. One is anyone who lives in the state of Utah knows that this is sort of old hat uh, uh, in the middle of the of the teens, the 20 teens. Uh, the LDS Church partnered with the state of Utah and came up with this legislation that was essentially groundbreaking for the United States that said, hey, you know what? We want protections for LGBTQ individuals for housing, for employment and all that stuff. And the LDS Church was a huge proponent for that yeah. particular bill to be passed in the state of Utah. And so in a way, this just feels like an extension of like, yeah, we want we want these rights and, and protect them. I, I think that it would be disingenuous to not add as part of that, that the church's attitude, at least on some level, is kind of do whatever you want, but don't make us do it. Yeah. You know, we want that's fine, but we're not 
you know, make sure that we don't have to do that. And I think that, that that's a valid concern, uh, given mm-hmm. doctrinal beliefs saying, you know what, we don't want hands forced that we're going to have to marry, you know, uh, same gender in the temple. You know, I can, I can respect that from yeah. current doctrinal perspectives. The last thing that, um, I kind of take away from it and the, and the thing that I think in some ways, um, well, I just think it's an, I think it's an interesting thing, uh, worth renoting. And based on what you said, uh, it says the doctrine of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints related to marriage between a man and woman is well known and will remain unchanged. And I think that there are a group of people that think that, hey, you know, there is some revelation that will come that will make this maybe a different scenario. And I think when we use words like, hold on, let me quote it again. Marriage between a man and a woman is well known and will remain unchanged. I I think that um, I think that it is worth noting. And I'm not saying that that doesn't mean revelation can't come that would be otherwise. But some sometimes I worry that when we say things like I will never do that and let's take it on a really personal, like not let's take the church out of this and this scenario out of it. But if you're like, I will never eat a Big Mac, which by the way, I've never eaten one. Uh, and I don't have any intention of ever eating a Big Mac because I don't know what's in the special sauce and I refuse to commit to a sandwich that I don't know what's on it. Uh, but if like someone came to me and said, Hey, you have to eat a sandwich or your wife will die. I would, I would eat a sandwich. That is a horrible example, but always a never statements to me when we say things also that they are, that we are a living church and we can look no further than the last 44 years about how some things have changed that we're never going to change. Yeah. I I just I get anxious when we say never always. Yeah. Well, and that's what I see people who've left the church and are bitter and one of the things they point to is the doctrine does change and and my response to that is our human mortal brain understanding of truth has changed and been mm-hmm. enlightened and expanded but the ultimate truths were always there. It's just our little we didn't know it what we thought was doctrine wasn't necessarily. Yeah. I don't know that necessarily we'll, maybe we'll have same-sex marriages in the temple. I, I personally think that there's something about male, female, yin, yang, but I don't know in the hereafter. I, I I don't know. I don't know how this works, but I think that the tent has to be able to be bigger than we imagined it is today, than just the little nuclear family. And I don't know what that will look like, but I have to believe that the LGBTQ community, that there's a place for them. There just has to be. They're God's mm-hmm. children too, and I don't know. I, I I don't know the answer. So I will, our leaders hopefully will get those answers down the road. But I also think it will take a while, not only for our leaders necessarily to ask the questions, but for society and the church to be ready for the answers. Um, if you look at even you know the revelation on the priesthood, that was well after the civil rights movement was pretty yeah. much done. Mm-hmm. You know, people thought, oh, the church will never change in the 1978, you know, yeah. it, that that was. And so I, I kind of think that, you know, in that case, Martin Luther King Jr. and all those other people, they were, I believe, inspired by God and paving the way so that revelation could come. Yeah. You know, so maybe some of the movements we're seeing right now that will help lay that track so that maybe in another 20 years, unfortunately, it might take that long or longer. We'll get some answers that we need. Yeah. But we're not there yet. 
Yeah, and and I think this perfectly segues into the next story, which um, I I think is a difficult one um, for a lot of people. Um, David Archuleta recently on Good Morning America talking about how uh, not only um, has he gone through a faith crisis, but has sort of said, I'm stepping away from the church. Now, everything that I have read, I have not uh, heard him reference. I'm removing my name from the records, but just to say, you know, he said things like, I don't think that there is a place for me there. I I don't feel comfortable for my own mental health. I needed to no longer um, be a part of that. And he also, this is worth bringing up. um, I've heard this speculated in a lot of different ways. Um, but he he references, because for people who don't know, uh, David Archuleta on American Idol, pre-LDS mission, he came in second, was robbed. Uh, I, I demand a miscount. You want to talk about a miscount in Arizona? It's that one right there. <laughs> it was the uh, other David that won that. Yeah, year. yeah. yeah. Um, but but then uh, serving in a minute, uh, on a mission in Chile and um, the the church rallying behind Elder Archuleta, allowing him opportunities that most elders are not afforded because of the popularity that he did coming back and, you know, essentially being a vocal missionary for the church. Had vocal the opportunity, meaning singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vocal, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then having the opportunity to, to meet with an apostle. Uh, he doesn't reference which apostle. Um but references that the apostle told him that they just need him. He just needs to find a good woman to marry. And, and so I've heard it speculated on a couple of things. One, uh, there is some thought that when he visited, uh, with the apostle, it was still when he was sort of in this time where he's like, I think I'm bi. So maybe it's a man and maybe it's a woman. In that Um, case, then then I'm not going to cringe. Well, as I still much. cringe, but I, I don't. I, I maybe as bad as like you're gay, but marry a woman anyway. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's not as bad. Yeah, but I still struggle a great deal with that sentiment. But yeah. but struggle even more if it was like, hey, uh, apostle, witness of Christ, I am attracted to men. Oh, what you need to do is marry a woman. Rings incorrect in my heart and so um lots of people talking about that that's picked up by a bunch of different news outlets my dad a couple days after that good morning america saw uh david archuleta at tuacon in southern utah and here's the thing so it's cold outside in saint george we're in a cold spell and uh he's doing the concert he's bundled up he does all the hits and then he comes out for his encore and he he does the first song of his encore, and then he just sits and pounds, uh, not pounds chords, but like occasionally just like almost like the strumming of a guitar, just kind of accompanying what he's saying, like chord drops and talks about his his faith journey for 15 minutes to a crowd at Tuacon saying, and I've and I've had to take a step back. And the I mean, for people who don't know Southern Utah, it's a very conservative, uh, you know, kind of place. And 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 my dad, um, my dad said things like that that people were shouting out, "We love you, we love you anyway. We we're glad you're here." Not like heckling him, right? But showing him that support as he's as he's clearly 
struggling wow. to find his place with with uh, with how this you know fits with what he taught people, with what he shared, you know, on his mission, all these things. And and as one uh, as one person pointed out, I think I saw this on Twitter, like if we can't keep David Archuleta, what sort of hope we have um, yeah. for the LGBTQ community? Because I I would with maybe one or two other people that come to my mind, I can think of a few other people that are like, I am gay and I love this church and let's do it more than David Archuleta. So I know, um, yeah, yeah, just. Like as as Calvin Brooks said on Twitter, not too long ago, it's almost as if, you know, under the current situation or, you know, policies and all that, it's almost guaranteed that it's not a matter of if, but when someone in that community walks away, because there's not a, there's not a place for them at this point. despite all the oh blessings in the hereafter whatever it's you know that's if you're if the the entire purpose of life is to have a nuclear family with a husband and a wife and children then what is the point of life if that's not something you can have under that definition so it's so it's not a surprise either that we end up with you know suicidality and that kind of thing in that community because well you know if, if i can't fulfill the purpose of my life why am i even here i might as well not be that's yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it's a problem. It's not good. And and the thing that has resonated with me, and I know we've gone a little bit longer. Are you okay as far as time goes? Yeah. Okay. The thing that's resonated with me a little bit longer is I think that that sometimes we sort of shelve the idea and be like, I don't know, we'll figure it out when we die. But like to me, there are kind of crumbs that uh, along the way that I go, but I feel like we know some of these things, meaning like the church no longer teaches that um that homosexuality is a nurture thing, you know, meaning that like you're somehow taught to be gay or that you groomed into you know, it, you're or, groomed into yeah. it, or you're uh, all homosexuals are abused or something like that. That's not There's something ex- an acceptance of, that people are born this way. Yeah. yeah right. So if, and the if, conversion therapy is no longer right promoted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so given that the church has that stance, so We'll walk this example. Okay, I'm born gay. Well, I'm not going to be changed not gay when I die because I was born as God wanted me now, right? I'm. It's just the same as me. Like, I'm heterosexual in this life. I'm not going to die. And, and God's like, surprise, <laughs> it's dudes for life, right? You know, like, that's not, that's not, it's a little disrespectful, I recognize. But for the sake of this like, I, I feel like that's not th- going to be a thing that changes. And so to me, it very quickly becomes a thing where I go, so then, so then what? And I'm not saying it has to be any particular thing, but I have really gotten to that point that, okay, so if we believe that people are born this way, what is the plan? Yep. And it's people's understanding about that concept and where they're at with wrestling with that. That Mm -hmm. leads them to either be in the church or not in the church. And the hardest part about it is, is that because people are always progressing, like David Archuleta, hey, you know what? I'm in. I love this. I want to be a part of this. Hey, this is hard for me. Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Okay, guys, I'm going to have to take a step back. In a couple of years, there's someone else that could have found community in being able to be in that same scenario and have David Archuleta and these other people who have been there before and be able to to have community support but because that doesn't feel like there's a home it's just a constant cycling through of those people who find themselves you know in in that scenario and that's the yeah. most heartbreaking thing for me 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know this one young woman who had her. Um, she was literally, you know, suicidal through most of high school because at first she she was thinking she was bi, and she, you know, that's how she came out to her parents originally. Then it was no, I'm just gay. Um, but for her, the the only thing that helped her actually, and ironically, this helped her create a relationship with Christ when she she removed her name from the church was able to sit there just kind of like David Archuleta take a step back mm-hmm. and then on her own terms come to a relationship with Christ because in her mind with the church teachings it was if God made me this way he must not love me because he made sure I can't come back yeah right I Which mean how it... sad is that that yeah. gets, no 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 yeah. no 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 there, there's there's got to be a plan we don't know you know or he doesn't want me to have a highest glory why not right. he doesn't love me enough for that right. um so yeah there's no no. So for her, I'm, I'm, she is happier now and has a relationship, a spiritual relationship with Christ, but she's no longer a member of the church. And if that keeps her alive and doing good things and bringing yeah. people to Christ and herself having a relationship with Christ, it'll work itself out in the next life, I believe, because yeah. her heart is in the right place. I don't, but again, we, we shouldn't have to have people, young people going through that. Yeah. That's know? the hard thing for me. Uh, I, w- I guess I would say increasingly harder thing for me. It's like, this will have to work it out. I'm going to shelf this for now. Uh, not to worry, everyone. I know where I'll be on Sunday. I know where I'll be the Sunday after that. I just got my temple recommend for crying out loud. Uh, but but it is a thing to me where I'm like, I, yeah, I need to start either figuring some of these things out or some of these things need to be like taken off the shelf and 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 kind of looked at and, and, and what are we doing? So there's that. Um, and you can find the link to that story if you have not known about it in the show notes. And then there's finally. Actually, before you get to that, the really serious Ooh, one. Okay. There's actually Benjamin Park, former oh, guest of the hall. He I did an this. awesome little TikTok that explained some of the history of the church's um, policies and whatnot of mm-hmm. LGBTQ stuff. So it's it's a very brief little video, but it's a great little summary of that stuff. So. Uh, also, well, another great resource if people are looking to find out more. Another previous guest, um, Taylor Petrie uh came in a while ago in the cultural hall you can find that episode and and uh, we'll leave a link for that in the show notes to check that out um so uh colorado colorado springs yeah uh saturday night i want to say um nightclub um anderson lee aldrich age 22 uh, allegedly went into club q this last Saturday night in uh, Colorado Springs with an AR-15 style gun opened fire before he was subdued by patrons. Five people were killed and many more were wounded. Um, it has since come out um, that Anderson Lee Aldrich was um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints which i mean okay so we'll get to what we'll get to the point of that i suppose in a minute um but that's why this is being brought up in in this show and why we're talking about it um the church spokesperson doug anderson um clarified saying that listed on the roles of the church as what anderson lee aldrich was but had not been active in some time um, apparently, uh, as recently as last year, he had, um, an incident with police and, and a mental health issue in taking his mom hostage. 
and uh, and had altercations with police. And um, so his mom in a Facebook group for LDS women had sought help saying, how can I help my son? What are some mental health resources to be able to help my son? And that's obviously not since this last Saturday, but prior to this last Saturday. She's event. also asking for references for a defense lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. That was a year ago. But yeah. 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 To be able to to find someone um for that. So uh so so what? It there's a lot of people who are also talking about how um uh Anderson's grandfather is a part of um an assembly of God, I think, in California. He's sort of a hierarchy up uppity up um uh and MAGA, you know, make America great again, um trumpeter, um that thinks that maybe this was the kind of where it started or that it was taught from his grandpa and then passed on to him that, you know, these people don't deserve to live or that there's not a place. And certainly you can find within Anderson's social media before they took it down a lot of the rhetoric of, you know, these these people being um, not subhuman, but inferior, I guess, because of what their life's choices were. End of the day, does it matter that he was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or a Catholic person or a Baptist person or a Methodist person? No, not really. Would we be talking about it here on this show? Probably not in that case, um, if there's not that connection to this church. But, but since he was, and since it allows us the opportunity to talk about it, uh, a couple of things that come to my mind are, first of all, that Things like this need to stop um, as recently as just, I think this morning, there was another shooting with multiple people killed in like Virginia, yeah. um, you know, and, at a Walmart. And, yeah. yeah, at a Walmart, con- just constant. It's constant. It is a thing where my wife and I now have conversations where we go to large public places and go, if crap goes down, what are we doing? Yeah, where, where do, do we, we get go? out? Where do I hide? What yep. are, yeah, yep. So, so that's no way to live. So there's that. Uh, the community of, with people that we need to care and reach out to those who might be suffering. I don't know that caring for this guy would have changed how he felt. How he felt, but I think that that there there are plenty of examples of those things making a difference. And I don't think that just because maybe it wouldn't save or change um, this particular issue that we shouldn't do it. So I, I think that there's a drive for that. And, and then I also think, and this is a much greater conversation, but that their humanity, uh, needs to learn lessons about, um, like boundaries and about, um, treating those with mental illness and just mental health in general. And I, you know, I'm not going to take it as far as to say that members of the church can sometimes enable stuff, but I know myself personally, as I've falsely ascribed some things from within the church, I'm like, people can change and they can, can. but also a lot of the time they don't. Yeah. You can't and, assume they will. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, you can throw in a, by your fruits, by their fruits, you'll know them by, you know, some of these other things. I, I think that it just, it warrants at least that thought of if, if someone we love very dearly does something just a, egregious against the law, against 
me personally, sometimes the greatest way that you can love that person is with a loving boundary (laughs) that can help them have growth and improvement. And I'm, and I, and I don't know that that occurred in this particular incident, um, with this guy. And, you know, that's, you know, that's Monday morning quarterbacking. That's all the things, but I just, it's gross. I don't like this story. I don't like the one out of Virginia anymore. I don't, it's just, it's It's heartbreaking. Yeah. It, it, It just, and I will say just, I have to, because I have, you know, dear friends who have some severe mental illnesses that mental illness uh, is not necessarily an indicator of violence. Sure. If someone who ha- has schizophrenia is more is far more likely to be the victim of violence than to be the one perpetrating it. Sure. Um, it's, and it's easy for us to think someone who does this kind of a mass horrible event must be insane mm-hmm. um, because we can't come comprehend that level of evil, but sometimes it's just it's not insanity it's just evil so um yeah there's there's a lot to unpack and a lot of work i think we need to do and i think putting the second amendment on an altar and worshiping it is not what we should be doing right that's my own thought on that yeah so uh so love the people you love hug them a little closer right and to the community there in colorado springs man what a bunch of champs the reason why more people didn't die is because the people in the club were like oh no we are not doing this here uh there's a a portion of the story that that uh indicates that one of the um one of the women in drag just went after him with a high heel I actually, and, so I have to, I, I actually saw a correction that it wasn't a drag queen. It was actually a trans woman. So, oh, a trans woman. Okay. I, okay. I, yeah. But it wasn't, okay. I mean, it was a drag show. So that yeah. was, yeah. anyway, I did see that a correction on that one. I, important to get the distinction, but yeah, kind of wailed on him with a heel, which I thought was pretty great. Yeah. And um, the heroes that, that step into that scenario, right? How yeah. easy is it for us to be like, I would run, I would hide, I would, whatever the things are, but in all of these or most, I should say, in most of these scenarios, there is that person that was like, listen, someone's got to be done about this, and I'm going to be the person to step into this scenario. And so So it's heartbreaking. The one veteran who was, you know, the primary one who took down the shooter was, it was his military training that kicked in. And he's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would ever have to use this at home for this kind of situation. But my daughter and her boyfriend and my son were all in this room. Mm -hmm. And it just Oh, breaks my heart it's just horrifying all yeah. around and then also realizing that um colorado springs is also basically where columbine happened so this is yeah. a community that's dealt with a lot over yeah. the years so all the love to them uh so as we leave this very heavy i've got a couple uh it's a light story for you are you ready for this please uh christmas church is only an hour the church has said we're only like come for sacrament meeting on on uh, on Christmas Day. So so you don't have to go to the Sunday school. It's just the sacrament meeting, and hopefully it's filled with music and testimonies about Jesus and a candy cane on the way out. I also thought that it was interesting that within that same declaration from the church about this, that they said, "Hey." Uh, because we also recognize that uh, the first of January is the fast Sunday. You're welcome to have it not be that fast Sunday if you want to change it to the next Sunday. They said, we get it. 
New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Maybe not the best time for people to fast because they got the parties and they want to eat the things and all that stuff. So maybe make it uh, the next week. Um, so that was a consideration. Is that there? That clears everything up. Don't you feel so much lighter? One hour church, he said very sarcastically in a way to end the episode. I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your almost fasting on New Year's Eve, but probably not. Maybe your ward will change it body. We hope that if you are sick or afflicted, that you'll be well and be able to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of, of the, the cultural, the cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be 